0: Hey guys, this is John Domine, and welcome to this week's episode of In the Spray Room, Sold Magazine's podcast with exclusives of some of the art community's best and brightest, bringing out the lighter side of these creatives where we get to know them in a less structured environment. Today's In the Spray Room panel is composed of myself, John Domine, Bite Girl, Hello. and Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. Number 10, John! All right. Woo. <laughs> For our daily online content, check us out at soldmagny.com. Before we get started with our special guest, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on.
1: Hello, everybody. We have had a busy weekend. Uh, This past Friday, we had our latest installment of the Butcher Bar Showcase Series at Butcher Bar LES. We had some fun artists that came in there with us. It was Raddington Falls, uh, Jelly on Toast, CDRE, Android Oi, and In Measure. I'm happy to say we sold some work off the wall. We sold some merch. I think everybody had a nice time. Thank you again to the participating artists and thank you to Butcher Bar LES. Now, yesterday we had another big day. Uh, We had our second sold fundraising tour in Brooklyn led by our own bike Girl. Byte, why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, it ended up being a great day. We have a few shout outs because we have some special thanks that go to the people that made it our best tour yet. Getting better every time. Um, got to say something out to Vince Ballantyne because he gave us the lowdown on Groundswell, why he's involved, what he's doing currently, and had us laughing and caring and loving the work. Wasn't a nice chat? It really was. I he's, learned so much he's about amazing. the mural.
1: I learned about why he does what he does. We even talked a little bit about his process. It was really nice.
2: Yeah, I was fascinated by the fact that he's currently painting out at Rikers Island. That has got to be an experience.
1: Which of our sold magazine contributors would you throw into Rikers Island right now, if you could, Audrey, to write that
2: story? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, it's got to be Shorts. He's already got the name. Shorts. He, I think John <laughs> will Johnny be Johnny really popular.
1: John will be pretty popular.
2: <laughs> but we also have to say thank you to the RL Hotel. Um, they gave that us a great place to end our tour, and I think everybody agreed that something that happens from now on, we're going to end where everybody can sit, have a drink, talk about what we've seen, get some goodies. And we had some great goodies yesterday to give away. So we have to say thank you again to Consumer Art, C D R L E and a new contributor, Pussy Power. So we had some really cool giveaways again this time. Even better next month, hopefully. And we also were lucky because we got to see a Houston painter, um, Tarbox, working on the wall for Bushwick Street Art.
0: That was a nice surprise. You never know what you're going to get on the street art
2: tour. That's the best part, especially as the warmer the weather starts to get warmer. We're going to always have special surprises along the way. So it was a good day.
1: That was a lot of fun. Uh, quick coming up, we have some events coming up. We're, uh, we're still planning the 420 event at the Mess Hall with Sean Sullivan and his uh, band of Merry Friends. We're going to be taking on the spray room on the road and doing an interesting roundtable discussion from the mess hall that day. Uh, the next weekend, a little self-plug here, 428, I'm going to be up in Binghamton hosting the Binghamton Beard Competition. Yours truly will be MCing and hosting the event, and uh, looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. And the next event on our list, guys, leads us to our special guest today. Our special guest is Tina Ziegler, the uh, founder and director of Moniker Art Fairs, and they're coming to New York and we're going to be working with Sold as a as a, one of their media partners, and we're super excited about it. Awesome! Hi, Tina.
3: Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We
1: are all a buzz about Moniker around here. Erica, when she brought it to the team, was super excited and got the whole team excited. And you know we're 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 really interested to see you know what you put together. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it?
3: Right. Well, yeah, Moniker is coming to town. Um, we've been in London for the past eight years, so we were founded in 2010 as a urban contemporary art fair. Um, and yeah, we're making our debut international edition here in in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, in just less than four weeks. So why Brooklyn? Oh, I thought, I came to New York last year, and I was going to a lot of different venues to find a space. Um, I knew I wanted to come to New York first. That was kind of one of the biggest ambitions, because New York has been such a huge influence for this specific movement and scene internationally. Um, I don't need to go into history lessons for that one, but, (laughs) so New York has just been such a huge inspiration to me as well. I mean, I came to New York when I was really young, um, and... Went to Five Points and photographed the city, and just it was one of the cities that really made me fall in love with graffiti. So, uh, coming back to America after being in Europe so long is—I just wanted to come back to New York. So, I went around and I, you know, saw a lot of venues. And I went to Brooklyn and I saw, fell, went to Greenpoint, and I thought the area was so representative of everything that I've seen this movement with this. The urban culture just exploding and then you have the other side of it with where you know gentrification is happening right in front of your eyes and it just and i walked into the greenpoint terminal which is raw and rugged and it's like an old warehouse it almost has this feeling of it's just been abandoned um and i just fell in love with the space so that's really why i fell in love with the actual venue itself and i saw a moniker in there and i said this if i was going to come Anywhere, it was going to have to go to Brooklyn, because the history here is incredible, and um, yeah, it just felt like home.
1: Now, you picked a pretty aggressive schedule, uh, top of the spring, hot neighborhood, and four days. Mm-hmm. Why, have your, have monikers in the past, have the art fairs in the past been that long as well?
3: Yeah, we operate during, f- in London, for example, we are the same week as Freeze. So, Freeze is every October, and we've been at kind of a satellite fair to Freeze Art Fair. Essentially, so I wanted to come to New York again to mirror the dates of freeze. So a lot of our collectors and a lot of our followers to Moniker would would come to London during freeze and maybe go to the bigger art fairs and then come check out us. So I really wanted to align our calendar with them.
1: You. Awesome. Now, the, the layout, the setup for Moniker this year is a 27-booth plus the lounge, plus common areas and things like that. Tell us about the breakdown between the uh, uh, galleries, artists, and other types of exhibitions that, that your, your guests can come in and see.
3: Okay, well, the first thing I would say is Moniker is a thematic fair. So every fair is curated specifically with a concept. Um, so the floor plans change, the number of exhibitors change every edition. So there's not this kind of standard you know, pop-up show that we do. Um, So with the 27 exhibitors, that was chosen because that's what fit comfortably in the space based off of the floor plan that I had envisioned. Um, And then when we think about how Moniker is, uh, it separates its program, we have three main areas of Moniker Art Fair. We have our main exhibitors that are galleries that have been in the industry for more than three years. Most of them have been long-standing galleries over five years. Um, We have a Young Galleries program. So these are curators or projects that are under two years old. A lot of them don't actually have physical spaces, um, but that's okay. I'm really inspired by their enthusiasm and that kind of entrepreneurial attitude for this scene. I think we really need to encourage young businesses. And then we have the Open Studios program, which is where I work directly with artists to curate specific installations or solo shows that are unique to Moniker Art Fair, so you won't see the work anywhere else, and it will be new ad- new exhibitions uh, created just for the for this edition.
1: Now, is that the type of, I'm sorry, let me ask it a different way, is that the work that you're doing with Lisa Project and Wien, for um, the external murals? No,
3: so, yeah, so there's much, so that's the main, what you would find within the white walls of the fair, essentially. Outside of that, we have a mural program that we do every year. So in in London, we've been running that for eight years as well around East London, uh, which is a very prominent area for street art and graffiti. And coming to New York, I obviously wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to have a presence out on the street because that's where our fair was born. So um, so we do a mural program with the Lisa Project. They've been super supportive. Wade was has been so supportive of me coming to New York. Um, so he's helping me kind of source the walls and manage the outside program. The other things that we do is I do a short film program. I do. I have another uh, company called The Art Conference, which is all about opening up debate and having these type of conversations. Um, so we have a daily program every day of the fair where you'll, you can come and listen to people talk. You can come and meet artists. You can and have a very open kind of discussion about different things. So there's lots to do. <laughs> There's also a full curated food menu that we do. And we have a bar with Circa Brewery, which is a brewery out of Brooklyn. They're actually making me my own Moniker beer, which will be oh, yeah at, fine at Moniker as well. Nice. So and every single thing at Moniker is curated. From the moment you walk in to the moment you leave, I think about your experience when you come to our event. It's not, nothing is just standard. So that's something to consider to really look at the details at Monaco because everything has been thought through.
1: That sounds great, and let's talk about that. Thank you very much for, you know, working with us and, and uh, help, using us to help get the word out there and being a part of it. We're looking forward to, you know, doing some interviews and having some uh, podcasts from the Juxtapose booth on site and things like that.
0: Totally.
3: Me too. I'm really excited to have you guys. Thank you.
1: So let's talk about the the range of of available pro It's called products from prints to original pieces to, uh, you know, curated work and and commissions and things like that that uh, uh, people that attend Moniker could expect to, you know, have access to?
3: Um, Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of the artwork that's available, Moniker is a primary market art fair, which means that there's no artwork that has been bought and sold before, so no secondary market stuff. You'll never find that at Moniker. Um... And the majority, I would say, about ninety percent of the artwork at Moniker is created for Moniker Art Fair. So there's um, original artwork on show. There's some prints that are, you know, created exclusively for the event. And some of our exhibitors have lined up uh, art, live artist signings at the fair, so people can, um, you know, meet the artist um, and you know grab something for under a hundred dollars or if you're really into collecting and and looking at kind of what that's what's available from a collector's perspective a lot of the original artwork starts around two thousand dollars and then goes up to around ten to fifteen thousand we really don't have anything over twenty thousand because we're primary market hang on
1: one second john just a a quick follow-up there now you said that um is the theme for the art fair for the you know, the, 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 the decoration and everything, or is that the theme for the work and the galleries also?
3: I propose a concept for the fair each year as the curator, but I do not uh, require that exhibitors participate with that. Um, some of them do, some of the artists love it and they want to get involved, but majority of the stuff, when I say that moniker's thematic, is all the installations and everything else we do. So your experience has been curated. Based off of that theme, so this year's theme is Monikers Coming to Town, which has been inspired by Coney Island, which has been inspired by me thinking about um, the art world as a circus, and um, I don't know which next, what's who's the next entertainer, um, and also me kind of challenging that the idea of a fair. So when we were kids, we would go to, for example, like Coney Island. You would go to the carnival. You'd walk through the Monster Mouth. You would participate with all of the... I was always too scared to do that. I was an absolute <laughs> chicken.
1: I'm not going to lie. I was an absolute chicken when I went to Coney Island as a kid. I never once went in the haunted house. Oh, Confession Those things over.
2: always just made me laugh.
3: But I mean, those 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 uh, things that you did with your family when you went to a fair was, was about interaction and engagement. Like, you had to participate. You couldn't just sit there or walk around and not do anything, you had to play the games, you had to, and I really think that art fairs, this is a very personal opinion, but I really feel like art fairs have kind of lost that uh, that engagement element. Like, you can go to an art fair and walk around, and you can leave, and you can have very, like, little interaction with the fair experience. So, with Moniker, I really try to challenge that, um, and make sure that when people come to Moniker Art Fair, that they are in some way forced to participate with the art and the experience. And I've been doing that a little bit more each edition, and it seems to really work. People really come and they have such a memorable experience that they want to be a part of it and they want to take it home. So I've seen the sales increase. I've seen, you know, people, the participation increase. I've seen people stay longer. They stay for the whole day, you know, so.
2: Because the event itself becomes as important as the art they take home.
3: Absolutely. And it's it's a lot of work to do that job. Sure. (laughs) But
2: But it also gives the art more meaning because every time they look at it in their home, they have that memory to go with it instead of just this static or, you know, this gallery wall that never really changes.
0: Yeah, for me, I think I've always been, you know, I'm much more likely to want a piece for my home if, if i've gotten to either you know know the artist on a certain way or you know the personality of that artist and i feel like that's kind of an extension of that where you get to where you're actually being thrown into it and immersed in this kind of environment which is really conducive to to learning more about the art and not just looking at the art on the walls and so i think that's a really great i'm actually excited to see what you're creating right here because it's i think it does sound like a very unique experience yeah something that i've not yeah,
2: I don't know if we have anything quite like that. A right. couple of the outsider fairs at Basel attempted, I would say, you know, because they had virtual reality and a few things like that, is, but not as like an overall theme. Mm-hmm. Um, they were still just individual galleries doing different things.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not I I kind of took that inspiration from running galleries actually because as a gallery, as you know, you have to, you know, you have to rotate your show every month or every six weeks and every show normally has a curatorial text behind it and a concept and the reasons you selected those artists there's there's something other than just trying to fill up your walls. There's a there's a purpose and it gets people excited because they're like, Oh, it's not just the same show. The gallery's changed you have good. to, otherwise yeah, you would never keeps, sell anything. Exactly. but That's retail Art fairs don't do that normally. Art fairs, if you go to one art fair that's in Miami or New York, you're probably going to see, see the same work You see the exact same work. Right. The same, sometimes the same work. No, you you're know? right. That's, <laughs> more we have than seen sometimes, that. Yeah. Unfortunately, more than sometimes. And
2: they're overwhelming um, because I think this theme also helps draw it all together and make it a little bit more... I don't know how to explain it, but when you look at 50,000 different pieces of art, it's hard to actually like one. Yeah. But when you have the theme that leads you to the places with just a little bit different, it's not as so much retail coming at you.
3: Yeah, it's an experience. But I, I think it I can work really well because I focus on urban and new contemporary art. And when you're in the urban environment, depending on what neighborhood you're in, or you know, like the, it's, the, it's constantly changing. The streets are constantly in movement, and I just feel if I'm going to be a good representation of the movement that I love and graffiti and urban culture, then my fair has to live and breathe like that. It has to change. It has to, you know it has to be fresh every time. it has to be fresh. and we're not going to show the same artists every fair. We're not going to show the same galleries. And I forced that on my galleries, which is really uh, took a while to get them on board, but now they understand that they have to bring me new work. And right. the artists get excited. So they do solo shows at Moniker. You're like, you know, you're, we're coming to New York and we're doing some of the first solo shows from some incredible uh, European artists. So they're not doing it at galleries. They're going to do it at Moniker, which is great. I think it makes it a really unique event. so Memorable. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> and so so
0: some of the artists are, are also creating installations and, and or more of those engaging structures that you were talking about. Can you tell us a bit about... Some of those things, or are they all surprises? Or no, no I okay. mean
3: we're so close to it now that it, I can kind of give some things away. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I work with artists on a one-to-one basis. If they're not showing with a gallery, I will sometimes work with them on specific commissions or or things that they've always wanted to do, but galleries can't do. Mm-hmm. It. So um, so for example, I'm working with uh, an artist from the UK who has been out working in the UK and all over the world for many years. His name's Insa. Um, He is working on a very ambitious installation with me, which will be an actual moving installation that you physically go into. It's very immersive. It's very wild. And um, so essentially, it's like a large life-size zoetrope. Um, So that's going to be really exciting. And then I've worked with Egal, who's a really up-and-coming illustrator from Lithuania, who has created me a circular... Inspired by Coney Island, the kind of carnival theme uh, bar. So it's the center point of Monica Art Fair is the bar because where do people hang out at a house party? Me. It's in the kitchen, Definitely. right? <laughs> Down so, <laughs> shorts, take
1: it easy. <laughs> well,
3: it just made sense to me. Like you, For sure. again, again, the whole way that I structure the fair, the way that I create the floor plan is all based off of how would we hang out if we were here having a like a house party? All of us would probably be in the kitchen. <laughs> right you know Probably. so yep. at moniker the bar normally is the center point mm-hmm. because and the artwork and the culture is around that center point because that's the point where the community is going to come together and talk and it mm. encourages people to hang out so the bar is a big feature um so eagle has designed and hand painted this incredible bar and um, we also have like a lot of solo shows with artists so uh Ber- Vermibus, um who's originally from spain but has been living in berlin is doing his first mini uh, solo show with me. Brusque from the Dem- Demental Vapors crew, which is one of the most legendary and notorious uh, French graffiti crews, um, is doing a solo show uh, at Moniker as well. And so is Bomb K, who's part of that same crew. Um, so there's a lot of like shows specifically for Moniker. Hera from Hera is also doing a show with Vertical Gallery. Um, we have... Solo shows from Derek Gorge from uh, California. We have uh, locals like Skewville doing a huge installation with us and ASVP. Oh, so yeah, I mean, there's only 27 booths, but there's so much going on. Yeah. So.
0: And how are you feeling now? It's a month away. You've you've been how long have you been planning this?
3: Uh, about a year and a half.
0: And you're feeling. Um. De- <laughs> I'm okay.
3: <You're> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, a couple I, weeks from now, it might be a little tougher. Um, no, I think, you know, when you're working on an event of this scale, four weeks before is really the calm before the storm. Like, exactly. Like, there's not much more you can do now. Like, I've been working on every detail. Now it's just all the final deadlines. But I've my team has been incredible. Like, I've put a lot of challenges on them. Um, and it's I'm it's just amazing really what we've what we've been able to put together with such a small team I mean I run all of moniker and the art conference with just two girls so Mm. it's uh it's me and two girls and they're absolutely incredible um so yeah I mean it's I think we're okay we're in a really good place and I'm really I'm getting to the point where I'm really excited now where I'm not just pulling my hair out stressed out
0: (laughs) great
2: well I think a lot of us are going to be very excited for the next few weeks
0: oh definitely
1: now let's talk about the <clears throat> the anticipated attendee demographic. Uh, ideally, who, who are the who are the people that are coming in the room? Is it is it uh, artists? Is it collectors? Is it other gallerists? Who 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 would we love to to uh, uh, appeal to buy tickets to?
3: Um, it's everyone. I know how ridiculous that sounds. It sounds ridiculous, but please, it, please but it it is, but it is everyone. So Monica, it's like it's. The idea of creating these installations to, like, the immersive environment, all of these things are for me to help the average person who knows nothing about art or maybe doesn't even know they like art get in, feel like they're excited to be a part of this fair. So it's, we do attract naturally. We attract collectors. We have a VIP program for collectors, uh, which is from it's collectors all over the world that are part of our moniker uh, VIP program. We attract galleries, of course, because galleries are um, really interested in new art fairs. Um, artists, because I think we're kind of an artist artist fair. Like you know, the, a lot of the artists are I think would feel quite happy about Moniker and what we do and the efforts that we put in. Um, but we attract a really, based off the program, we attract a very different demographic every day. So the Private View, which is on Thursday, May third, um, that's a ticketed event, but. There's from three to five, it's just for press and our VIP uh, black card holders. So it's a little bit more exclusive because I give an actual tour of the fair and I walk people through um, every single detail of the fair. So I can't do it to thousands of people. I can do it to a very specific group. Um, But then we open from five until 10 o'clock at night and Monica kind of turns into a bit of a party. So... Uh, people come and they hang out for the whole night and all the artists come and the galleries and people, you know, the fans come and it's a really, it's a really fun event so, and then the daily program, which is Friday, Saturday and Sunday there's different things every day, so talks or film programs or, you know, people that are coming to learn more about the industry or people that are wanting to buy work but they don't know what they want like, there's so many different things that you can participate with at Moniker so it's not
2: It's kind of like Comic Con
3: yeah, it is kind of like Comic Con. I mean, people don't come dressed up, even though I encourage that. But. It would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: that. <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean as far as what you're describing, it's more like that kind of an event, which I don't again, I haven't seen in the art world. Yeah. Right, so it's it,
1: yeah. Uh, let, let's just Great. It's a theme. John, you have to wear a costume. What kind of costume is it?
2: You know what? I well
0: I I actually Long just pants. saw No, I, I, yeah. I actually would I would try to dress up as one of the art pieces of uh one of my Favorite Actually, I love. I just saw a picture of um, someone dressed up with an Okuda head, um, mm-hmm. like a bear. And I, I just love just colorful geometric designs. Let's and so, keep it to the named artists okay. on, the, oh, sorry. on the art fair. <laughs> sorry, I would Adrian? wear an ASVP um, horse head, maybe. There you go. Because um, yeah, it was actually one of the pieces I first saw on the walls when I came to New York City. And I saw an ASVP horse, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. So there I, you go.
1: I would be the little boy with his hands in his pockets for the Icy and Sot stencil. A
0: little kid. Nice. Oh yeah, walking sideways. The profile shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, got that's it. Be me. Nice.
2: Um, maybe a swan or something done in Faith's colors. Mm. Oh, that's nice. I that would, would go army nice. bus
3: acid washed like distorted model.
2: Ah. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it would. Yeah, you could. Someone could actually do a good costume just based on Faith herself yeah. too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good. Con- I, I like this. I like this. Okay, so if you come to Monaco, <laughs> you can get in for free. <laughs> oh my oh gosh. Gosh. Awesome! There it is. You're there it, it is. You heard it here. Dress <laughs> as
1: a piece of art from one of the featured
2: artists on the program, please. <laughs> All right, or carnival themed, or carnival themed. Car- oh gosh, it's easy. Now that would be fun having some clowns just walking in. Yeah, yeah
0: that'd, that'd be very kind uh, of creepy. But
3: I've been thinking. it. <laughs> <that, yeah. laughs> I was actually thinking of putting a like a like an it clown. Oh my on gosh. The Thirty
2: fourth Street ferry stop, where people load to get on uh, freeze <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That would be nice. just like handing out balloons. That's that awesome. Would be oh my gosh, moniker. Bl- that would that be That would be absolutely wow. brilliant. Yeah.
1: So if you see the, hmm. see, this is starting to sound like a date night. <laughs> <laughs> is that I didn't realize it was going to be that. <laughs> Those weird. are the dates you go yeah. on. Oh, well, okay. Yeah.
2: Oh. Costumes. Sorry, Erica. I have <laughs> questions. Many questions.
1: Okay, so let's talk about some of the artists that uh, we didn't name-check so far. Um, You know, someone like, uh, you know, INSA or or IC&SAT. What are are some of the things that they're working on as part of the fair?
3: So IC&SAT are showing a few of the installations that they've done. Um, They aren't doing any kind of specific booth or anything like that with me, but they have just come in as one of our featured installation artists, and one of the artists that I just wanted to spotlight um, at the fair. They'll also be working with me in my October fair in London, so Great. this is kind of a little lead-up to that. Um, Insta, for example, it's, has been a good friend of mine for many years, and I just we never really worked together on this scale, so he's coming and doing that big zoetrope with me. Um, he's not really showing work, but he has a whole installation room for himself. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, we have a, a video installation and in mini Booth with Faye 47, uh, which is fantastic because she's been part of Monica for a long time. I'm
2: excited to see her work.
3: Me too, and I'm really happy to have her uh, a part of this journey for me because I did her solo show in London, and I've worked with her for a while, so it's nice to revisit that relationship. Um, and yeah, just got some, you know, we have some amazing exhibitors that are showing great artists. So it's, it's a really kind of diverse, uh, from, from artists that we all know what we can talk about to artists that none of us really know yet, which is great. The next great artist.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Possibly. That's gotta be the fun when you're talking about the new artists is five years, 10 years down the road, being able to look back and say, I remember.
3: Yeah. Or you saw it first at Monika. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And how do you I mean,
0: do you do you curate all of the artists who are participating? I mean, are you the one who's actually seeking like, oh, I like this work and, you know, I would like you to be part of this art fair that I'm doing? You're, are you the one who does it or is it
3: Yeah, kind of okay. <laughs> um, I do? Obviously, there's because Moniker traditionally is an art fair. So right. we welcome exhibitors from all over the world. So galleries apply to participate. Um, Or they're invited. Most of them are invited to apply. Um, And the other side of that is the installations and the artists that I work with on a one-to-one basis. So I choose those artists. And I also work with the galleries really closely because we're like a family. i work with them really closely to say, look, I love this artist that you're showing. Um, Can you do something with them at the fair? Or I really like this artist. Hmm. I know you don't represent them in the U.S. yet. Would you be interested in representing them, so I try to help bridge those relationships as well because mm-hmm. um, I want to see at the end of the day, I want my art fair to look as best as best as it possibly can right. you know so if I have to assist my galleries in curating or you know, uh debating with them about right. which artists I want them to show, then that's that's part of the process. So
0: you're saying you're very hands off. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be more hands-off, <laughs> yeah.
3: but I'm not
1: at all. <laughs> all right, let's let's shift focus a little bit here, John. What I wanna know is about the food.
2: Mm. Oh like, yeah, she did mention uh, food. She not mm.
1: only was food mentioned, I heard it was good curated, food. exactly. Right. And hev- and
2: everything we've every heard element is, made, is curated so not, Yes, no, heavily curated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
2: and circus food at that.
3: So, (laughs) popcorn and peanuts. (laughs) I'm working with a fantastic um, company, and well, brewery and and their food is incredible. It's called Circa Brewery. They're new to Brooklyn as well, which I think is great. (laughs) Um, they have a brewery which is all basically like. Brewery to table Because they don't sell their beer Anywhere else <laughs> Other than their brewery I think so, you just coined that
0: phrase Brewery to table I mean <laughs> <yeah>. Nice <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how Be to <laughs> I was say farm to
3: table But it's not really a farm um, But They're they, The way that they Approach their kitchen Is almost the same way that I approach my art fair. So I went and met with their chef, and they gave me this incredible dinner, and they walked me through every ingredient, like down to the sprouts, where they get the sprouts from, where they get their salt from. So every single detail of their menu is thought out, and it's all about the story behind it and the relationships that they build with people. And they, as soon as we met each other, I was like, oh, my God, we have to work together because, one, they're called Circa, and my whole fe- the exactly. fair is there themed is around kind of, circus. Yeah. And for the first kind of promotional imagery I did for Moniker was a picture I took of Coney Island, of one of the um, the Ferris wheel, like the one of the roller coaster things. And I walk into their brewery, and their lamp above their bar is exactly inspired by that image. <laughs> so... We kind of just were like, we need to work together. But when I heard their philosophy and the way that they approach their business, I was like, you guys are basically the curators of food like I am of right. my art fair. So they're creating a menu of food which is all inspired by the streets and internationally because Moniker is an international fair. We have galleries from the Philippines, artists from South Africa, from California to Canada. So we're really international, so I wanted our menu to reflect that. <coughs> so yeah.
0: I'm getting hungry now. Oh, I uh, know. I'm, I'm hungry
1: already? Is it, is it lunchtime? No. And we
3: have our own beer, Moniker beer. I mean, oh yeah, this is going to be amazing. They, I'm not. I mean, I like beer, <laughs> not so much, but I think it's okay. And um, but they're making me my own beer, which I'm really so. Excited this is about.
0: the first time you've had your own beer for the yeah f- for the airfare. Huh. Well, yeah. that's a pretty
2: nice. major accomplishment. Have you had your own beer? No, I think it's great. I mean, yeah. I I do want my a own beer. Beer, beer, girl. Yeah. I mean, what 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 do you call it? A beer connoisseur doesn't work. What's the what's the
3: term? For I don't
0: someone know. What do you call? Beer? No head? idea. A hophead. Hophead. I have no idea.
3: Well, that would be you.
2: <laughs>
0: Thanks. <laughs>
3: a craft beer expert. I don't know. So yeah, they're having a moniker beer, which you can actually come to the fair and buy because we'll have like these jugs, branded jugs, so you can take it home with you, huh. mm. and it will only be sold there. I love so
1: it. Awesome. John, when I was in high school, I worked at the New York Aquarium in Coney Island as a touch it tank operator. I let kids play oh. the horseshoe crabs and a little starfish and stuff like that. Coney Island. Nice. I'm just, you know, That's a sweet job. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I worked mean, in an I'd aquarium
0: d- too, but not in. I bet back in California.
1: Uh, was it a good one?
0: San Francisco's Steinhardt Aquarium. It was fine. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite aquarium, <laughs> Tina?
3: Um. <laughs> I don't really support. See, that was no, crazy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is
0: a long time ago. All right, new topic.
2: <laughs> I don't go to the zoos. Or
0: and there are no elephants that will be at this circus show. Exactly.
2: This is more, yeah, this this is yeah. No animals this. involved Let in this circus. I went to the
1: circus as a kid, like everybody else does, and I loved it. And I loved seeing the animals and things walking on balls and stuff like that. But I went to this circus as an adult at about thirty years old or so. And it was horrible. And I don't think, I think they'd need to take all the animals out of the circus and it would probably be cool again. But I want to hear from Tina's mouth that we're not going to be abusing any animals during the Moniker Art Fair and it's circus (laughs) theme.
3: No, there's no animals at Moniker other than just us and the artists. Or (laughs) if if you come
0: dressed (laughs) up.
1: Or if you come dressed up as an animal and then those can be abused because they're not really animals. Pete will be all right with that. No one should be abused. No. All right. (laughs) 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 <laughs> 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 I'm glad we cleared that up guys. <laughs> So Pete is cool with us, no laws are gonna be broken right. and we'll just all right, fine.
0: And so how much is it to get in?
3: Uh day tickets are fifteen dollars. You can get weekend tickets for Friday, Saturday and Sunday for thirty. Uh the private view is twenty five.
2: That's a that's a deal in a scale sure. for New York. No. Seriously. Yeah, I
3: just wanted to do something that is affordable and you know. The other thing is, there's a few other events happening in Greenpoint that weekend, so um, one is the other art fair, which is at the Brooklyn Expo Center, and if you have a ticket to my fair or their fair, you get free access to either of our fairs. Oh, that's cool. That's nice. So there's some shared um, ticket options that I'm trying to look at. Um, That's very nice. Yeah.
1: Now, you also mentioned that there are concerts available why don't you talk about the artist involved and, you know, why that person was picked and it sounded like it was logical.
3: Yeah, so I wanted to do something different, like I'm constantly doing, is (laughs) trying to make every fair unique. So this edition, I decided to do some after parties, but like real after parties with musicians. So Moniker has this new branch called Moniker Culture, which is about everything outside of the art fair. So we do exhibitions throughout the year. We do other events, pop-ups, e- reading sessions, uh, just trying to c- create a space that is about the culture that we love, which is urban culture. Um, so coming to New York, I wanted to work with somebody that resonated with Moniker and like my vision and also being a female art director. And um, So I've was really put on to Princess Nokia, who is a female rapper from Brooklyn. And she kind of, you know, came up from Brooklyn and now is is becoming really internationally known. And she really has a strong voice and a political vision. And, like, she's not afraid to say what she wants to say, which is great. Um, So we're doing two after parties with her at Elsewhere Brooklyn on uh, Saturday and Sunday, so the 5th and 6th of May. Um, Saturday night is sold out already but there are tickets for Sunday and if you buy a ticket to the concert which is $25 $28 I think um, you get free uh, access to Monica as well so it's kind of another two for one um, but yeah we just wanted to do something that was really you know speaking with also the Brooklyn community because they're really supportive of her the younger demographic I mean her she has a really big following of uh, like 18 to 25 year olds so I wanted to capture their attention and say, look, hey, Moniker's coming to your neighborhood, and we support what you guys are already about. So uh, I really wanted to introduce our fair to them.
1: Now, what time of the show is? Because I see that the Friday of the show runs until 10 p.m. That's great. Saturday until 8, and Sunday until 6. So what time are the after parties on Saturday and Sunday?
3: The after party on Saturday is starts at 8. The concert's probably going to start around 9. Um, the Sunday one is... The same time, so at 8. We'll have a few tickets left for the Saturday show at Moniker, but you have to come to Moniker to try to get those last tickets. Fair enough. Because they're already almost sold out. So
1: Now, let's talk about the Greenpoint Terminal Warehouse and why that was the, the right venue for you.
3: Um, well, like I said before, it kind of has everything that I wanted in a venue. So it was rough around the edges. It you know, has natural light. It's got really high ceilings. It's not too big it's everything, you couldn't be more opposite of a white tent than Greenpoint Terminal. So I didn't want to go to one of the piers in New York, even though they're great, but they're monster venues. And in London, we operate in a space called the Old Truman Brewery, which is really like an old brewery. It's an old warehouse. And it's, it's exactly like the same feeling. It's the aesthetically, it's rough. And it's, in a, you know, it's in a street art neighborhood. And it's um, got a lot of history there, and when I and it just felt like the right space, so it felt like a, a a smaller version of what we do in London.
1: Very cool. John's perusing his notes. I'm sure you have a very carefully selected question for Tina. Shoot.
0: Well, this is a this is kind of off, top, off topic, but I just wanted to ask. So, when you are considering art and um, what makes good art, what for you what 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 makes good art i don 't know that that 's a big question I know, but I actually think about it because i you know i I find myself because i'm i 'm very much a hunter in terms of looking at art on the streets i 'm constantly looking at you know what i, I don 't know i couldn 't put into words exactly what I like about a person 's work when I see it on the streets but i 'm like there 's something that i 'm drawn to, and I continue to look for for that in other pieces that I see when I'm looking on, on the street. And I'm just wondering, for you, what's your... What excites you about art? I mean, because... Or, I don't know, is that a big question? and It something is a big that, question, yeah. but...
3: Um, <laughs> I, Obviously,
0: that wasn't a good question on my notes, but...
3: <laughs> it's okay, I can work with it. Okay. Um, so, what excites me about art? Well, everything, really. Because I've been, I, I've been doing this since I was 13 years old. So, it's been my whole... Life has mm-hmm. been urban and urban art, street art, graffiti, pop surrealism, new contemporary. Call it what you want. The movement is much bigger now than when it was when I got into it. Um, but for me, what is one? Because my taste is varied. You know, I I from a, from I have to depend on what I'm looking at, when I'm looking at it, and why. So my I'm my biggest addiction is freight train graffiti. So that's what gets me out of bed every morning (laughs) but you can't really ever put that in an art fair environment because it's hard to do that i tried to do that at the last fair it worked i had like an 18 meter train track so everyone had to come in on trains tracks to get into the fair it's another topic (laughs) but um so um but you know so what i what makes me like what you know makes me have goosebumps is is illegal graffiti that's really what my passion is But when I look at an art fair and I look at the market, the art market, and what I'm trying to do with moniker, it's about authenticity. So I want to work with artists that are really authentic to their own vision and their own voice, and it's not necessarily what they think is commercial or popular at the time. It's about finding and encouraging those artists that have sometimes a – a a style that might not be for everyone, like Bomb K or Vermibus. Both of them are very kind of dark uh, um, in their subject matter, but their messages are, you know, they have a really clear message and they're so authentic to that message, and it hasn't changed ever. Not from day one to now. Regardless of popularity or price or anything, they haven't ever changed their reason to do what they do. so I, f- I get really inspired by that. And I can kind of see through everything else when I am f- in front of an artist that I feel has that and has understood that. Another one like Faith 47, she can go from murals to video art to installations. And that voice and that vision doesn't change. Um, you, It feels so poetic and it's so natural. And it feels like a, I just get this feeling when I'm in that space with an artist that I'm lucky to be there. Hmm. Um. And I'm really curious to see where it's gonna go. So I don't know how to describe it more than that. It's a feeling. And I've looked at so much art in my life because that's all I do every day. I have no social life. (laughs) Um, And and I'm completely obsessed by it that I've really been able to tune in to, to that, to that authenticity and that vision and that voice. And everything else kind of fades away. So if it's from graph, to freight trains, to installation, to video art. I kind of just trust my intuition now to know that I'm going to work with the artists that I feel tick all of those boxes.
0: Well, for a terrible question, you just turned chicken shit into chicken salad. (laughs) So thank you for that. That was great.
2: And I have a follow-up. You're talking freights, old freights. Who are some of the people you wish you could have met or wish you could still meet that are maybe Uh your all-time... (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! Well, some of, I actually started working with one of my like one uh, one of the freight riders that I was a huge fan of. Well, two. Well, one that was documenting it. Well, okay. One of the people I really wanted to meet that has nothing to do with hardcore graph is Colossus of Roads, uh, who's like the creator of Monikers. So I kind of worked with him last year at Moniker Art Fair because I worked with Bill Daniel, who was like introduced me to so many other so much history of actual monikers. Um, and then I worked with Khan, who is originally from D.C. but now lives in L.A. And he was like one of my, I was really inspired by him loads. So,
2: so tell us, because a lot of people may not even realize where you get moniker from and what a moniker is and how far back it actually does go. Because it goes back farther than most what most people think modern graffiti is. Oh, it goes way further than that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So the last, that's, Actually, a good point. So the last edition of Moniker was in London, was called Transient Tales, and it was looking at the origin of the moniker. I wanted to remind people where our fair came from, and it goes back way before New York graffiti in the '70s. Oh yeah. Uh, we're talking like the 1940s and '50s in America when, um, m- m- well, all men. There's no women doing it. Uh, would li- li- leave society behind. They didn't want to fight in wars. They didn't want to. They didn't want to participate with. With traditional society, and they would become hobos and they would take to the rails, which was developing rapidly at that time across America. So um, they would hop on a freight train or a boxcar and they would just go. And they created this whole language, which was called like hobo language, and it was all symbols. So, regardless of where you got off, you would look for these symbols. And it was a language that they knew and only knew. Yeah. Um, and it would communicate about, like, oh, you know, these different symbols, these little illustrations. Like that lady, yes. Mm.
2: It's like that it's, lady will feed you. Or exactly, be careful or, the bulls keep going.
3: Yeah, or you're going to get killed here. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. You know? wow. So, it was uh, like a hidden language for this subculture. Um, and these guys, primarily using chalk would start leaving marks on the side of the trains. So they would leave markings. And, you know, some of them, like Colossus of Rhodes, is one of the most iconic. You probably have seen it. Or Bozo Texino, um, which is like the cowboy with the cowboy hat. And it's a one-line drawing. It's amazing. Um, Sometimes you would have them do little palm trees. Um, But, yeah, so they would just leave these markings. And Bill Daniel, who is a documentary photographer... Started seeing these when he was in his 20s, and uh, he was so fascinated by it, he actually put an ad in a magazine saying, does anyone know who this is, and took a picture of one of these monikers. Um, and it took a while, but Colossus of Rhodes actually called him up, and this is before the internet, guys, <laughs> <laughs> and called him up, and he went out there and met Colossus of Rhodes and uh, you know, all about, learned all about Bozo Texino, and he created the movie... Who is Bozo Texina? Which is an incredible documentary that you should definitely watch. Um, so, yeah, the moniker goes Bill Daniel was the first person to take Twist to go f- paint a f- train. Bill Daniel documented the whole um, movement out of San Francisco with Mark Callahan and Barry McGee. And I mean, Bill Daniel is a legend, and he's an incredibly knowledgeable character, and he's such a character. Um, I had the pleasure of working with him last year but um, yeah so and he's the one that coined it a moniker so my art fair was named after basically this guy documenting this culture so last year I invited him out from Texas and he came out and did uh, his first London show and presentation with me and we showed old footage that he took from people creating those original monikers and Wow. Yeah, and we had that 18 mm. meter train installation. So every single person that came to Monica Art Fair was given a piece of chalk, and you had to get on some train tracks, and you had to go through a tunnel, and you had to, to leave your mark. To leave your mark.
0: That's really cool. I had no idea about
3: any oh, of that. Yeah, oh, Woody Guthrie
2: wrote songs about it.
3: Huh. <laughs> it's really fascinating.
2: Yeah, it really is because yeah. I mean they knew exactly whose door to knock on in towns and everything. Like, where was the widow that would feed them or would do other things? But we won't go into that. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, an interesting time.
3: Yeah, but in I kind of feel like we're. I'm like the modern day hobo, you know? Like I'm a hmm. nomad. And I'm obsessed with graffiti and leaving my mark all over the world, and I think it's. It's we've so, just changed. I like like it. the motivation's still the same. So John,
2: do you know what they call people that go out looking for train art and sitting and watching the trains go by? I don't. It's called benching.
0: Benching or benching. benching bench, bench like sitting huh. on
2: a bench. Yeah. And you, oh, just sitting in so it and looking at You sit at in a train yard watching cuz out west and in places like Albuquerque and Denver and places like that for years that was the only way kids saw graffiti. No such graffiti existed like the walls in New York. We didn't have that. So, we'd go to the train yard and they called it benching, and you just sit and watch. You'd know when the trains were coming through town. Yeah,
3: hmm. amazing. How cool was that? Yeah, I, I still do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cool
2: now, even more so you didn't now. Know you were a bencher,
3: did you, Tina? <laughs> I kind of knew I was. There.
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, one of the things that we ask every guest on in the spray room is how to get to be where you are. What would your recommendations be for young curators or young brokers or everybody, you know, what are the things to do, what are the things not to do for the next generation?
3: Oh, I think it's a lot easier now (laughs) in some ways. I mean, when I started curating it, nobody even knew, like, I didn't even know, I didn't know what I was doing was called curating. So now it's a very popular term. People can curate everything music, food, everything. Um, But I think the only thing I would advise is, one, it's you have to, like any artist, anybody trying to aspire to do anything, I think you have to really be honest with yourself about how much you're willing to sacrifice. Um, I have been dedicated to this, to my career, my whole life, and that has meant I've missed out on a lot of things that most people might have. So... Um, That's one. I've worked really, really hard to get to where I am, and every single day I'm grateful for that, but I am also very aware of how much I, how hard I do work, but it's because I'm absolutely obsessed. So I think you have to be, there has to be an element where you're, you have to become obsessed. Like, really, really good things don't just come to you. You have to make them happen. So it takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of responsibility and dedication. But I think when you find what you really love doing, those things just come naturally. Um, So being really authentic, again, I think authenticity authenticity is a big, big motivator for me. Um, So just being authentic with yourself and being like, just see, you know, how much are you willing to give up? How hard are you willing to work? And uh, what do you really want to do? And to do that, sometimes it's going to be really hard. So you might go years without being paid, or you might have to don't just say yes to jobs because you think you need to. Like I said no to a lot of things because I knew that if I said yes, it would have taken me down another path that wouldn't be on the path I wanted to go on. So I think, I I don't know, I have a very kind of like, you have to work really hard attitude to get anywhere. but I think a lot of artists would probably say the same thing. So.
1: Well, successful artists would say the same thing. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, success coming before work and obvious. And, you know, I like what you said and know what you're going to sacrifice. Yeah. Know what you're giving up because I think everyone will say, yes, I'm a hard worker. Yes, I'm prepared to work hard. Yeah, but, but for how long? Yeah, but yeah. no, <laughs> right. no, I'm not not prepared to. But give up. I still
2: want every third Friday off.
1: Right, I'm not prepared to give up my Friday nights or give exactly. up the time I spend doing this or that. So I think sacrifice really has to come first. Now you're f- very fortunate, Tina, and uh, you know in my day job I'm very fortunate that I do what I love. Yeah, you do what you love. This is you made a career out of what you loved. If you were good, at, if you were as good at this and didn't love it, it wouldn't be fun. You might not even be sitting here.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's definitely um there's a, it is fun, but there is a lot of torture that gets involved in this uh, job. <laughs> well, there's yeah. a
2: there's a whole lot of dealing with people that aren't in the artistic world, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, I mean yes and no, but like it's it's just a lot of because I my I'm cuz I've always, you know, I've built up my own companies from the scratch and that to do that you it's really hard. So but I'm also really like I have a lot put a lot of pressure on myself because I know that like I'm only as good as my last show. So that means the more shows I do, which I'm like I don't even I can't even count now how many exhibitions I've done. But like, <laughs> um, you know, next one I'm like already I have how an, do I you have top another yourself. one to, I have another one to plan in October, and I'm already like oh my gosh, like okay, this has got to even be better than the so last. So how many yeah.
2: shows do you currently? I mean, how many shows do you generally have going at the same time as far as in planning production? Running Because obviously you have to have already started planning the October when there's no way. You've been planning it a year and a half.
3: Yeah, no, I've been working on October now for a few months already. Um, and I'm doing a huge project in London, which is launching in a few months, which I can't talk about yet. But that is a really, really exciting project for me. So... I'm working on, which is actually okay now. I feel like it's a little bit more manageable than it used to be, but I got, like, three big projects on. But we also have, also have to consider, like, with each show, like with Monica, for example, I'm curating, like, five of the exhibitions or six of the exhibitions in that fair on top of producing the art fair. So you're, I'm working on multiple things all the time, and then I have my art conference, which is something completely separate to Monica Art Fair. Um, so... Yeah, you just that's like I said, you like that's all I do. <laughs> 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 this is all I do, guys. <laughs> and
0: if this is as big a success as we hope that it will be for, uh, for Monica at New, in New York, um, is it? Are you expecting it to be an annual event here, or because this is your first time outside of London, right? So, um, so are you anticipating doing it again, or you'll just wait and see? Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's all about the long game. <laughs> Great. That's <laughs> so, good for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely plan on coming back. Great. Yeah.
1: Well, Tina, it's been absolutely lovely having you in.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Now, before we let you go, please give our listeners just a rundown of the website and uh, where they can go for more information to, you know, attend. Everyone is, uh, you know, highly encouraged to attend. Sold will be in the house. Uh, you know... Uh, with uh, some recordings some podcasts helping out with the media uh but where can everybody go to get information
3: so uh the best place is to go online which is monikerartfair.com um the event is from the 3rd to the 5th of may at the greenpoint terminal warehouse in brooklyn and you can get tickets from our website or you can come just on the day just show up and um We'll love you to have. If you you, you come in a costume, like I said, you can get in for free. That's right.
1: Art-related costumes. Can't wait to see it. Tina, thank you so much. Uh, We had a great time chatting with you.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. Thank
1: Thank you. you. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a great day. Sold out.